0: A lot of people say, oh, what great exposure for your kids. It is. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's fantastic. It allows them to see what those players look like at the next level. You know, I encourage our guys, you're a third baseman, watch the third baseman. Are you him? Can you be him? One or two or three of our guys right now might be able to play at Florida State. But when you can compete at that level, competing against their peers that are 16 17 and 18 yeah. there's no surprise there's yeah. no surprise if you stick your nose in it the way you did at florida state and you know all the big schools well then you're going to make yourself look very good
1: and and for my own advice you know trying to figure out this skype thing and this i need to get better you know she <laughs> will agree geez. that's really why we're on the calls to make you sure know. you can use skype <laughs> i mean come on man i gotta figure this out and so i'm gonna try to get better at that and Get rid of this iPhone four and get an iPhone five, and
2: <laughs> see, see even though I we're on ten, I'm with <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you. Don't 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 bite off too much, man. Like, do it yeah. incrementally. Eat an elephant okay. one bite at a time.
1: And I hate I guess I'll use that other quote: If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because that the iPhone four is still rocking.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 You're dialed in to the ABCA's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Connecting our coaches with some of the best baseball minds in our game. Now here's your host, Jeremy Sheetinger,
2: Broadcasting from the ABCA National Office here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome back or welcome to our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. This is your baseball coaching source for certified audio gold and the place where you come to connect with the very best baseball minds in our game. Sending a huge thanks to all of you that are dialing into the show this week and every week. This community of lifelong learners are the reason we grab the mic, and it is truly an honor to bring these interviews to you. Allows all of us to really connect with these guests and digest their insight and their experiences so we all can challenge ourselves to grow as leaders, as coaches, as mentors. And stewards of the game we appreciate each of you so thanks for checking out the show first with the reminders to subscribe review and share these are the keys to growing inside the podcasting world make sure you're subscribed to this show on your phone your computer your tablet wherever you listen to the show also follow the links on twitter or on our website and you can find us wherever podcasts are free leave us a review on there five star ratings we always appreciate those Plus, share this show in all of the ways that you can to help spread the word about the podcast. Connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Find us at ABCA1945. You can also head over to our website, ABCA.org. If you're looking for more information about what our baseball coaching fraternity here is all about. Also, please feel to reach out to me directly at Coach sheets 3 on Twitter or by email Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org I would be completely remiss if I did not throw a few shout outs to some of the terrific coaches out there dropping some dime tweets on us first to coach Matt Edgerly in Weymouth Mass, he asked for some podcast recommendations and our loyal crew stepped up to set Edger straight, Marcus Hill the lefty from Connecticut jumped in there as always love you Marcus, Brendan Carnell from Quincy Mass dove in there Jeff Drag threw his money bags in there, appreciate that Jeff And my dudes at Blue Hills Baseball with the nod, plus Josh Stern from Michigan, and my brother from another mother, Scott Patterson from the Auburn Aces out in Cali, delivered the knockout punch. Love and appreciate all of you guys for that. It was a great thread going back and forth. Keep rallying the troops. We appreciate it. Much love coming your way. Huge thanks to our great friends and longtime partners over at Rawlings, and we are beyond stoked to have a group like Rawlings, who's been entrenched in the ABCA for a number of years, But they saw what was going on here with our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, and their desire to get on board with us and help reach more coaches is off the charts. Always on the retweets. Thanks for that. And if our listeners are interested, you can check out their entire product line, the great things they're doing over on their website, Rawlings.com. That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And we hope to see you join Team Rawlings today into this week's show and it takes us across the u.s and canadian border as we open up into the great white north to visit with alan cox from the okotoks dogs academy in alberta canada and also mike steed from the ontario blue jays right outside toronto to find out what's going on inside two of the top canadian baseball programs and throw a spotlight on two of our most loyal international members We get them to both offer up some great takeaways on indoor training and how they're preparing their players for success on the Diamond. So inside this show, both Alan and Mike, they pull back the curtain on the Dogs and the Blue Jays programs as we open up the state of baseball in Canada, helping educate all of us on how these two coaches are making serious efforts to give their players the best in training environments and also player experiences, all in an effort to help move them towards their dreams of playing college baseball and hopefully for an MLB club. This was a special interview for me to bring on Mike, who's become a very good friend over the years, and again, a loyal ABCA member, but also Alan, who's my college coach, the man that opened my eyes to the power and potential of the ABCA as a player. And I literally would not be holding this mic right now if it wasn't for Alan, his guidance, his mentorship, his friendship, But taking a young budding coach and offering the ABCA as the guiding star of coaching development, as many of us do for younger coaches. Thanks so much, Alan. Can't tell you that enough. So pull up a bucket with us. This is going to be a great interview. We're going to travel north of the border to connect with Alan Cox from the Okotoks Dogs Academy and Mike Steed from the Ontario Blue Jays. They are our guests on this week's Dugout Chatter episode. Get ready, coaches. This great show is coming at you right now. Coaches, thanks for dialing into our calls from the Clubhouse podcast. We are going north of the border. As our offices in Greensboro, North Carolina, we're going to cross internationally, friends up north, into Canada to connect with a couple of longtime ABCA members and a great opportunity for us to explore what's going on up there, what's going on inside the Canadian borders in terms of baseball. How can we talk about their programs, great things they're doing, and certainly how they're impacting the game want to welcome in the head coach of the Ontario Blue Jays and also director of college placement for the Blue Jays, Mike Steed. Mike, thanks for jumping on the call with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Great
0: opportunity for us. We're excited to
2: have you. Also, want to welcome in the co head coach of the Okotoks Dogs Academy and also the head hitting instructor, my former college coach, Alan Cox. Alan, thanks for jumping on the call with us. No
1: problem. Thanks for having me, Sheets.
2: We're excited to do this. And again, a fantastic conversation. We've got a lot of good things we want to get into, hopefully, packed with a lot of takeaways for our coaches paying attention. But again, where we start our shows, it's a great opportunity for us to connect with you guys. Now, you're part of our technically international group. Um, And I know, Mike, you guys bring a lot of Blue Jays coaches down for our conventions. Alan, you do the same thing with the Dogs Academy, a nice flock of guys that always come to our conventions and are part of what we do and obviously get great value from their membership to the association. Mike, I want you to kick this one off. When we think about the ABCA experience over the last few years, you, know, you actually had one of your coaches, Sean Travers, spoke at our Expo Theater last year, but you've been coming from a long time, and you've been getting a lot out of the ABCA. Can you talk about that experience over the years, maybe how it's helped you grow as a coach?
0: Yeah, it's you know it's just a fabulous event You know every year, and for me, I mean, 15, 16 years. With the ABCA coming into it, um, it allows me to put some faces uh, to names, uh, especially with my role with the Blue Jays. You know, doing the college placement, I talk to a lot of guys, text, email, on the phone. And it's just that one weekend, maybe the entire year, I get to uh, sit down face-to-face, talk to them a little bit more and and run into a ton of guys. Uh, you know, and then the other thing, too, for me... I think every year I've been there, I've taken something away from the development side, which is a huge part of what we do with our high school guys. So it's, uh, you know, it's a fabulous three or four days. I, you know, I I can't put it into words.
2: <laughs> it's tough to, man. The ultimate yeah. battery recharger. I mean, that, that's, you know, just the starts the conversation of what the, it's, ev- the event's
0: about. Well, I think it's the time of year, too. For us, it's, you know. It it gets us rolling into baseball activities, and uh, you're right; it just gets the juices flowing. And to be around, you know, some of the great people and all of these the great speakers you guys bring in, it's uh, it's a win win. It's awesome.
2: Well, as I sit here in the national office and bring this to Alan, uh, this is my 15th year inside the ABCA. And Mike, you'll appreciate this. Alan, being the assistant coach for the the college I played for, went to his first convention, came back, knew I wanted to get into coaching and said, Sheets, no matter what, when you get out of school here and you start coaching, you've got to be part of the ABCA. I remember it like it was yesterday, and I looked through his first book and looked at all the speakers, all the names that I knew. So, Alan, again, this is really bringing it back to full circle here. But when you think about that first experience, when you think about all the years that you've attended – what do you gain from being part of the ABCA and certainly attending convention?
1: Yeah, great. And I remember that day telling mm-hmm. you that, and I've I've done the same thing up here with the coaches up here. You know, we went eight deep one year down in Nashville and just having a blast in Orlando. Um, we're trying to trying to build that up every year and get more guys down there. And I'm telling the uh, everybody we speak to in the coaching clinics up here and mm-hmm. and all former players. Um, you know, it's just a great experience. The fraternity down there, the learning. All the networking, of course. Um, I get to see my JUCO coach the same way you do, and I have yeah. lunch with him every year. Most of the time, I see him jogging. Ted White, he's jogging down the street, and I have to catch up with him <laughs> really quick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great week for me. Um, like like Mike said, we, we're we indoors. We're freezing. We get to go you know, down there, and you know, sometimes it's in some nice, warm climates. And the learning molded me as a coach growing up, um, yeah. you know, through the ranks. I didn't get to... A chance to coach in front of all those hall of famers and be around them but i feel like i coached with them because i learned so much from those guys and you know we bring it back up here in january and we're recharged and we're trying all the new drills and and guys know when we get back too they're like all right what do you got (laughs)
2: sure
1: (laughs) so i mean it's we we all look forward to it and you know it's my favorite time of the
2: year that's awesome mike are your guys the same way when you come back from convention hey coach what do you got what's new for us
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, they know, you know, that I'm gone that first weekend in January and and we won't start practice till I get back from the convention. And and especially with the pitchers, you know, they know who you see. They start to look it up, actually. You know, some of the older players start to say, hey, who's Steve listening to this weekend and, sure. and what he's got in store for us. And just uh, the biggest thing I've noticed, too, is probably the last two or three years, like Alan was saying the number of Canadian coaches that are down there yeah. that I'm noticing from other programs, especially in Ontario, and across the country and and I think it's great. You know, I you know, we all compete against each other, but you know, getting in that same area and, and seeing these guys. What they bring back for the other teams is uh, is pretty special. Yeah, I love it.
2: Okay, let's open up your careers in baseball. And I think it's, again, a great way to get the snapshot of where you guys are coming from, perspective that you built. And, Alan, start this off, and, and again, knowing you as well as I do, uh, opportunity to coach on college, then go be a high school head coach, and then now what you're doing with the dogs. Just talk us through those stops. But I think the important takeaway is when you look back at those stops – What was the lesson that you learned that was really important to you?
1: Uh, Yeah, right away, you know, I grew up in Beaver Falls, born there, and then moved to California when I was 11 and played high school baseball there at Las Plumas High School and uh, had a great coach that taught us how to wear a uniform, right? Tim Chu and uh, Southern California guy that brought that kind of flair up to Northern California. And the playing career is going to be really quick, of course, (laughs) you know. Um, right away I was the all league shortstop thought I was really, really good at baseball and I got to learn really quick how good I wasn't (laughs) for four months later. I'm cut from Butte college and, uh, um, you know, I remember my mom saying, well, you might want to go out and practice baseball instead of the other things you're doing, and and uh, it's not the coach's fault that you got cut because you know I deflected it right to yeah, that. Absolutely, yep. you know they they playing favorites stuff like that. That's the kind of kid I was. <laughs> um, thought I was the best, and then uh, went to Yuba College and had they had some new coaches, uh, Brett Davis, Wendell Bolar, who was a very big advocate for me and my brother growing up, and uh, Ted White. You know, made it and went uh, to a four year school, um, three schools: Campbellsville, Buford, Sanders. Actually. Re- was on the recruiting trail with me, and he's a big time, long member of ABCA that's and still right. coached Campbellsville. And he happened to be on vacation that time, so he didn't call me back. So I went to Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, you know, the same alma mater as Jeremy Schiedinger there. And <laughs> he uh, played for a great guy that taught me how to be a man, and his name's Denny Potts, and I owe everything to him. And then he let me coach the JV team as a senior, and that's when I started coaching. I knew when I was a sophomore in high school, my mom was reading an article to me where it said, are you going to play pro ball? And I said, Nope, absolutely not. I'm going to coach. Uh, come back to my high school and coach. as Soon as I'm done playing, I know I'm not that good. And um, Gladys was very upfront, and, and there was no candy coating with her. <laughs> <laughs> so, which got me into my coaching career, which is you know it's it's been a it's been a pretty cool uh, journey. Um, started back at my high school, just like I wanted to. Yeah, uh, coached two years there. The school I didn't think wanted to to go as far as I wanted to go. They didn't want to, you know, go that next level. So I went back to Owensboro, Kentucky, where I played college ball and got up with Larry Schaun in the academy. Uh, did some, you know, had some really cool years there and traveled around with Joe Barth and the hit doctor and, you know, those guys around the country with Griffey and those guys. So pretty cool opportunity for me as a young coach to travel around with some big time, big time names and learn baseball and learn hitting. Sure. Um, yeah. And then, Kentucky Wesleyan job opened up. Todd Lilpop gave me a chance. And that's where I met uh, Jeremy Sheetinger. And, and not to not to burst your bubble, but someone asked me the other day, who's the most successful player you've ever coached? And I said, no doubt, Jeremy Sheetinger. And they said, well, you've had some major leaguers. I said, Jeremy Sheetinger is in a lot of living rooms, man. That guy has, you know, and what you're doing with ABCA and what ABCA is doing for coaches and, and you know, the fraternity and the members, it's, you know, and I'm glad I'm a part of that, and that's where that part came in. And mm-hmm. um, some of the little things you do, like sending thank you letters and stuff like that, keeps you going with the coaching trail. <laughs> um, got lucky, Coach Owensboro Catholic had a great group of kids that we had in the academy, anyways. Um, no recruiting because there's no recruiting in American Catholic no, schools. So, no shot. Um, you know, had some good kids come over. Uh, we won a couple all A state championships, small schools, and. Had a good run at that. A bunch of those kids went to Louisville. Uh, was going to go back to Kentucky Wesleyan College and and, and coach again because that group was gone. I didn't want to,
0: you,
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to have the talent.
2: Yes.
0: No but,
1: um, and then I had coached a kid in the summer league in, in Saskatchewan up here in Canada um, who was coaching at the Okotoks Dogs and actually played there named Frank Ingram. And he uh, said, you want to come be a guest coach? And I said, sure. And I came up and saw what was here in Okotoks and it blew my mind um, you know um, went back in 2011 they offered me a job in February my family came up in June um, you know you know how those wives and families are they sit back and they just got to go and the funny trip was coming up to Canada and driving through all these small towns and my wife just kind of shaking her head like oh boy what have we got into now <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so you know how that is all the coaches understand that one. the the wives and how you know what saints they are uh no money we just picked them up and rolled out and came up here and um, the rest is you know i've been here since 2011 um unbelievable place you know had some side job did some summer jobs and coaching some summer stuff and traveling the academies post you know perfect game and top 96 with you and Mm -hmm. and that's about it man just uh still doing it and loving it and. You know those thank you letters that we get from some kids every once in a while, especially in the winter, just keeps us going. How about that? That's pretty much in a nutshell. It's not that big of a of a journey, of playing wise and coaching, it's been it's been a really good trip.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. Well, first of all, thanks for the for the nod. I I, I will fight you on uh, like Corey Wade and some guys like yeah. that, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, okay, Mike, go into your career in baseball. I think that's an interesting take. As well, what what really brought you along the way that landed you there with the Ontario Blue Jays?
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's been a while, you know, my career uh, got a gallon as a player, you know, I was just kind of that soft throw and touch and feel left hander that, uh, you know, was fortunate to have some success. I mean, at the junior college level, you know, I played at NEO m down in Miami, Oklahoma for uh, two guys, Rick Richel and Eric Iverson, who, you know, were kind of unknown, but uh, sophomore year made it to Grand Junction finished third in the country. Um, so kind of a big highlight for me as a player and, you know, went on to Northeastern state in Tahlequah. And then, uh, that's really when things started to go. I was lucky. My first, uh, my first coaching job was back at NEO, um, back in Miami as a pitching coach there, uh, you know, back in 93, 94, uh, and that really got things going. And <laughs> as I say today, it was, it was almost a curse, <laughs> you know, got in there and was able to go right to college baseball and, stayed there for three or four years. Uh, you know, and from there, I kind of went back and forth. I mean, sheets, you and know, you know, I, you and I ran each other a bunch of times sure. uh, throughout my career and whatever. But, you know, after three or four years at NEO, uh, decided to go back to Toronto, went back there and, and and hooked in with the Toronto Blue Jays and doing some of their summer camps for them and, and guys like Mark Lino. And, um, you know, was fortunate to work with a An academy team, things are a little different in Ontario. Back then, I ran the GTA Stars and, uh, you know, was fortunate back in the late 90s, you know, going way back, I'll date myself, um, you know, just to have seven or eight really elite level teams in the province and uh, to be able to work with one of them with, you know, at that point, I think we had eight or nine, 10 kids that year go away to school. My first year in 96, 97. And then it just kind of grew from there. The last year we sent five players down to North central Texas, uh, that ended up winning a national championship for Kevin Darwin the next year. So, uh, you could see throughout my career, baseball in our area evolving. And then, uh, 2000 jumped back to, uh, back to the U S, uh, coaching Madonna, uh, for Greg Hager mm-hmm. for one year before moving just, uh, 20, 30 miles down the road, Dipsalani, where I, uh, Took an um, associate head coach job at Concordia University, um, which, you know, was a fantastic, fantastic opportunity. Small school, uh, great conference, uh, you know, in the whack with the likes of Indiana Tech and Madonna. Um, so that was a huge learning kind of experience for me, getting to be around a different part of the country, recruit a different part of the country, uh, you know, learn from some different coaches. um you know, one of the favorite memories from living in that area was uh, getting to work for Rich Maloney when he was in Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, just for the summer camps. Um, so, you know, that was a huge, uh, huge stepping stone for me. And, and again, you know, getting in with, with people like that. Um, and again, I've been fortunate, you know, I've coached in different summer collegiate leagues, uh, coached in the uh, Great Lakes Collegiate League for uh, the Lake Erie Monarchs and Jim DeSanta. Gave me an opportunity there. And, uh, you know, again, got a chance to coach some great players. Uh, Jake Fox comes to mind. He was a U of M guy and, you know, had some time in the big leagues. Um, but one of the great experiences with Lake Erie was every other year, uh, he took the team up to Alaska for the first two weeks of the oh, season. Wow. And, uh, and it just turned out that my first year managing was the year, uh, they were going to Alaska. So, uh, you know, we spent 14 days playing the Alaska League teams and just a great opportunity for our kids from the Midwest um, that were primarily, you know, the Mac and the Big Ten uh, to get up there and compete against guys from the West Coast. So and personally, uh, I mean, I always say to my wife, you know, I would never have got to see Alaska if it wasn't for baseball uh, and uh, give him to Santa with the Monarchs. And then, um, you know, after that, went back, uh, managed the Northwoods League for three years up in Thunder Bay. Uh, again, you know, great opportunity while well, I was back in the Ontario area, um, work with a group called the Oakville Royals, um, mm-hmm. you know, same academy, high school type of deal uh, In the summers. I'd go up Thunder Bay, um, again, Northwoods league, fantastic league. And that's kind of what led me into what I'm doing now with the uh, Ontario Blue Jays. Um, Sean Travers, Dan Blywa, guys who ran in the program, I'd known them for years and you know they had kind of been on me and trying to talk me into coming over to the blue jays and and finally i said you win <laughs> you know sure. it's a great organization and it's uh you know it's one of the top ones in canada and, and still believe it is and um until i actually went over there didn't realize how first class it was mm-hmm. so uh you know that's kind of quick cole's notes uh you know i'm rambling on i think you know as guys say my resume is 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 decent i've been fortunate as I tell my kids now, it's just because I'm old. There's so much on there. Yeah.
2: Coach, long enough, your <laughs> resume keeps expanding. That's that's right. a good point. You know, I want to go into exactly what's going on at Ural's particular spots because they are unique. And, again, we're looking at uh, really two sides of the country, you know, Okotoks being in Alberta, Canada, which is on the the far western side of the, of the country besides British Columbia, pretty much north of Montana, and then Ontario Blue Jays being really right across the – the Lake Ontario from New York state. So again, we're trying to cover some ground here in this, in this talk, but Mike, I want you to really open up a discussion on what's happening there with the Ontario blue Jays. Give us an overview of the Academy teams that you have age ranges success you've had. Just open up that discussion.
0: Sure. Well, uh, right now, I mean, this is the 21st, 22nd year that the Ontario blue Jays have been uh, in existence uh, as I said, going back into the mid to late '90s is when it started. Okay. Uh, this is my fourth year with the organization, uh, full time. Right now, we, uh, um, you know, we have 11, 11 teams. We range from thirteen U up to eighteen okay. U, um, as well as a development program for younger kids, um, usually around ten or 11, uh, 12. Um, so we really kind of spread thin. We're very, um, we've got a large number of. Uh, young players in our younger programs that we're, um, you know, trying to develop, you know, trying to put on the right path. And then as we get older, get up into our 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, we kind of have the the top teams at 16 and 17 with one team in each age group. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we've been fortunate, you know, we've, we've expanded our, you know, our training facility. Uh, we're fortunate to have a 53,000 square 000- a square foot training facility, which uh, we can get into later. Um, you know, we're part of the, the CPBL, which is the Canadian premier baseball league um, that has six organizations in it. Um, you know, we range, you know, we, over the years, I think, I don't know what the number is offhand. I think we placed 462 kids uh, in U.S. schools um, over that period, have 111 uh, major league draft picks. Uh, And I think currently we're sitting at around 90 Team Canada um, players at one point. Alan, same question, man. Let's go over to Okotoks, go across the country and go into
2: Okotoks. Talk about the the Dogs Academy, what's going on there in Alberta. And then obviously just open up the teams, the age of success, just the whole overview of the organization.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, And you've been up here, Sheets. It's funny, you know, where exactly where it's at and, (laughs) and I'm a resident now, so I know and, you know, usually they say, oh, you know, Mike Steedy, he's from Ontario. That's 3,000 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I know him. Um, but, yeah, same type of thing. And we just, we've just we been started a lot later than those guys. But with the, with the short time, you know, the, it started the dogs travel, uh, the summer team. We also have a college summer team. We have uh, ages from 13 up to 18. And, and, like I said, the college team does about 4,000 fans a night. I think we're fourth in attendance in that side. So we, we've actually – dabbled into that. Um, John Arcandia, the owner started it, uh, back in the day when his kids, he wanted a little more, um, for his kids than what was going on in in Calgary, the big city, Mm uh, didn't want to, didn't want to buy in too much. So they came down to Okotoks, which is a little town of, you know, 20,000 at the time. I think it's up to 36,000 and and you wouldn't believe the facilities at this place. and, And I don't know if Mike's been out here, but, um, humongous place uh, about 12 million dollar 15 million dollar facility i'm not sure because they keep adding stuff we just put another 100 seats in the stadium there um three fields player development we've got 11 full-time coaches that work only for the dogs um Mm -hmm. uh you know the college placement like i said the numbers are a little lower than mike's and their big time program out there and we're you know as we're just getting along we're trying to get to to those numbers they have we have 129 college placement since, uh, since 2009, and we have currently 67 players playing college baseball. Mm. Um, one thing we're doing a little bit more than anybody else, we got players from nine different countries, so we're starting to, to branch out from Venezuela, Italy, Indonesia, Mexico, China, New Zealand, France, the U.S., we got our first U.S. kid, wow. and then all 10 provinces of Canada. So, you know, that's uh, when we're starting to go on international with some of those guys, and we've only had 16 MLB picks compared to what Mike's done, but pretty good in that, in that, uh, that time. And the college placement, you know, that's our number one thing. We do the fall showcases, and, you know, we're bringing 10 to 15 schools up um, the Pro Scout Day, and we go to three to four tournaments in the U.S. with each team, and pretty cool opportunity. Um, you know, it, it, what happened was in the town, Don Seaman – um and a bunch of money guys mike rose with the oil and they got together and and the city of okotoks and built a, an amazing place and they say it's the disneyland of baseball sometimes because yeah. it's it's unbelievable <laughs> the stadium the turf field behind it and you've been here yeah. and we've grown since you've been here and the city has really grown in Okotoks, you know, and this, is, this, sounds funny, but there's a big bridge now and there's actually a Costco and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of new stoplights. I mean, we're just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the deer have to run around it, but you know, um, but it started as a small town and man, John Arcandia, what he's done for, you know, and a bunch of families moving into Okotoks from different parts of the country and the U S is, it's amazing what he's done. Um, for the baseball in Canada and, you know, for the city of Okotoks.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I have personally seen the facilities and and they are off the charts and and I only have gear from the Ontario Blue Jays. So one day, Mike, I've got to get up there and, and, uh, and wear my gear actually on site and check it out. Um, Absolutely. Mike being, you'll get a kick out of this, man. This is, this is straight out of the Canadian playbook. So the first time I land <laughs> in Calgary and Alan picks me up and we're driving back to, it's about an hour drive, 45 minutes back to Okotoks. We're pulling into town and it's, you know, and the sun's down, but man, it looks, it's just gorgeous. And we stop at this, at this moose crossing. Place and there's literally a moose, and he's literally crossing on the crosswalk. It's like he knew it and not crossing just anywhere on the street. He's using the crosswalk. I'm like, this is so Canadian, but I love every bit of it. Uh, and oh, it, was, yeah. it was an awesome, awesome opportunity to, to see that. I've seen him push the button. Sheets. Yeah, they've actually pushed the button. <laughs> they know it's better. The 30th,
0: too.
2: Yeah. Golly. Um, okay, so I want to open up this because this is a neat question. I've never really asked anybody this. we're trying to get a little off script here, but. Alan, start this one off. When you're looking at the Dogs Academy from the outside, so this could be anyone in town, anyone uh, that you play, or just you know any program that that looks in on what you guys are doing. What's something that the academy's known for? And then I think on the other side, from the inside, from you know, so 11 full time staffers that that really eat, drink, sleep, breathe Dogs Baseball. What's something that you need to keep working on?
1: Yeah, you know, from the outside, you know, of course, the facilities. number one. We see that in our depth of coaching. They know the resumes of these guys and, um, you know, everything there. And we're going down. We're winning some big tournaments. Mm -hmm. You know, the Ohio Buckeye Elite, we won that. We won the Indy National Championship. So um, that's another thing we're known for. And then what we do in the community, community is unreal. Um, They're in parades. We're doing all the camps. We're reading at schools. Um, So we're very involved in the community and getting our kids out there and humble them a little bit with, you know, with the facilities we have, we have to find ways to, to make them, you know, humble and get out there and help. Mm. So that's one part on the outside, um, inside, you know, and Mike knows this as, as you start winning, you know, we used to go down to Canada or to the U S and they'd be like, Oh, we're playing a Canadian team. Just throw whoever, you know, um, now we're going, like you said, we got 11 full time staff. We're teaching them where they're coming in at 7 a.m. in the morning before school. Um, the, the work ethic is going crazy. The environment where, you know, we got some pretty good players and they're making everybody else better. Yeah. But when we're going to these U.S. tournaments, we're facing number ones now. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Mike's down there playing these colleges and they're not throwing their 10th guy anymore. Yeah, um, That's the one thing I've noticed in house w- that we're doing and we have to continue to compete. You know, we we can't just roll out the balls here. And trust me, John Candy, our owner, isn't allowing us to (laughs) to roll out the balls. Um, And Tyler Hollick, our new GM, is very aggressive and he's very passionate. He played in the program, went to Chandler Gilbert um, and played with the Giants a little bit. Um, But he is passionate and we continue to try to grow because we have to. You know, we can't just roll out the balls anymore like go down and, and sneak up on everybody and get in the semis. And then finally someone goes, oh, we better throw somebody. This team's pretty good. <laughs> and so we're known now. You know, you're going down there just yeah. like the Blue Jays were going, and, and they know exactly who we are. So we have to continue to try to try to raise that level. Um, but that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's what we're trying to do.
2: That's really good. Okay, that's exactly where we're wanting to go with this. Mike, same question. When you're looking from the outside, what's something that, that OBJ is really known for? And then on the inside, when you're talking internally – what are the things that you think that your group needs to keep working on?
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, it's very similar to what Alan said. Um, I mean, when you look at the the programs, not that we mirror ourselves, but we are very similar to us. Sure. You know, to us, speaking with people, uh, you know, outsiders, you know, number one, I think, and we take a lot of pride in it, is our player development. Um, you know, when a player comes into our program, at even at 14, 15, uh, the steps he takes, the growth he takes, uh, both as a player, as a person, Uh, you know, physically and mentally, um, we see that a lot. And, um, you know, part of our player development is obviously um, what we do with our our summer tournaments, our U.S. events. Um, You know, when we do go to the perfect game events, uh, just like this last week when we were down in Jupiter, you know, not that any pool is easy, but, um, you know, we tend to get matched up with some of the better teams in the country. And uh, that's important for us, Um, you know, and, and along with you know, our, our fall schedule, you know, we're fortunate to uh, be able to run the fall schedule that we do and plan some of the, the better universities and colleges in the U.S. And, uh, you know, I think from the outside, you know, that's a huge advantage um, for us. Uh, people say, oh, it's great. They, you know, they play Florida State, they play UVA, uh, they play Pitt, they play all the TCU, all these big schools. But, you know, that's actually part of our development um for our players is playing at that level and and moving forward and then you know i think you know just at first blush everyone sees our college placement and our record you know about placing kids and and we take a lot of pride in that um because people see it from the outside but they also see that we place the kids in the right situations the right settings um you know and i think you know that just takes uh you know a lot of time um which again you know is seen from the outside as well. Yeah. You know, inside, um, you know, looking inside, I I think the biggest thing for us is, um, you know, we have six or seven full-time coaches. Um, We have, geez, I'm going to say 15 or 20 part-time volunteer, you know, guys that are the most important that take time away from their families, their jobs, uh, to help with our indoor stuff. And uh, for me, uh, it's developing, you know, our coaches at the younger ages by getting them to go to the ABCA or listening to the, the podcast or, you know, the call from the club, all that stuff. Um, I think that's one thing that we need to do. And then the other thing for me, and, and obviously Sean Travers, uh, 6'4 club, who you mentioned earlier uh, spoke last year, um, you know, I think between, you know, Sean, myself and, and a couple of the other guys, it's just staying up to date, you know, and staying focused on, you know, what's going on on the development side. What can benefit us? What can we use in our situation being, you know, we're inside more than we're outside, um, just being from Toronto, but uh, it's just that, you know, staying up to date with kind of the new teachings, the new, you know, philosophies and seeing if they mesh with, um, you know, what we've done and what's made us successful.
2: That makes sense. You know, it's really cool. I get to see these back and forth within our text group as we're planning and talking through ideas and the whole thing. But what I love is that, you know, we, that's this is the fraternity of baseball is we all know, Mike, we, we get to see what you guys do through social media. Alan and his crew are really trying to change some culture and do some new, brand new things there for the dogs. And Alan asking you, hey, I do want to talk to you offline about, hey, how do we go about building this fall schedule? Because, you know, I think that's such a Again, the beauty of baseball, it's so sharing, it's so open, it's just the, uh, again, if, you, if, if you're doing it, man, how can we do it? And, and nobody's upset about that, because it's all about helping kids and growing the game, which I think is fantastic. I want to get into this, because this is, you know, for me, I was thinking, as you were answering, the only reason I have even a touch of knowledge about Canadian baseball is through Allen and, and his placement up there, and spending some time and really getting to understand what the the Canada Cup is. and and understanding the different provinces and the different programs that are up there and uh, obviously what's the Wimble and and understand what all these leagues are but I want you to Mike if you could open up what Canadian baseball is from your perspective if if you could look across the country where do you see the game where is the game at what's the history of it where are we at right now
0: Um, I think obviously again I'll get back to I've been in for a long time you know in the Canadian landscape and and got to uh, you know be around some great people but I, I think it's constantly evolving you know ever since really it's got going in the late 90s you know through the early 2000s and it's where it is today I I just think baseball in Canada is growing and some people say that it goes with the Blue Jays and their success um in Toronto but I I really you know I, I that's one thing I don't agree with I think the people at Baseball Canada um you know from Jason Dixon who's our president who you know I've had relationships with. He's an NEO guy, um, you know, before he we went to the Angels, um, you know, right down to the the provincial organizations. I think uh, the Canada Cup, um, when it first started way back when, is a huge deal. You know, you try to bring the best players from each province. Doesn't always happen, but, uh, you know, it's evolved as well. I think our junior national program that's headed by Greg Hamilton, um, you know, is really you know, a mainstay in, in the Canadian culture of, of baseball, um, especially for the young kids, um, you know, programs like Allen's programs, like, um, you know, Corey Eckstein's and Doug Matheson's in BC ranging from ABC across, uh, in Quebec with Robert Fatal and, you know, Greg bronze in the middle of the country. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been involved in it for a long time. And a lot of times, you know, getting back to when we see each other, you know, the tournament 12 that the Blue Jays put on that's now, right. yeah. you know, I think is really stepped up. That's a that's a really forefront to where baseball in Canada is going. And I say that because of the number of college coaches that attend that event, as well as the, the pro scouts um, that are up there. I, I just think it shows the the evolution and where Canadian baseball is going. I think sometimes, too, and this isn't a negative sheet either, Alan, you may disagree with me. I think sometimes a lot of Canadian baseball players are undervalued um, just because of the, uh, not exposure, but the amount of times that maybe some college coaches, which we deal with, you know, primarily is getting our guys to school. They just don't see them enough. So when we can do events like T12 and and get into the perfect game events, um, I think that's where Canadian baseball is continuing to grow and to build steam as um, coaches and scouts see the value. of the players and you know, mm-hmm. not to, again, toot our own horn, but, you know, the last three or four years we've been fortunate to have the Naylor brothers in our program. <laughs> Decent oh, yeah. players. First, they were both first <laughs> rounders, you know, and, um, you know, every year we seem to have some guys drafted. It should be the same this year with the Dasan the Browns and the Jaden Browns and, and guys like that. But uh, I, I think Canadian baseball is on the upswing. I really do. Wow.
2: Alan, you see anything different there? See anything to add on to? Yeah, no, he hit it
1: right on the head. 100 percent undervalued. Um, you know, when we had that group at Catholic, then you know, most of them went to University of Louisville. Mm-hmm. And I always tell our guys if they, if they were up here every week like they were down there, I mean, every one of our and same with Mike, all of our guys would be signed to Division One, and and they would be licking their chops at these guys. And that's what's so hard to getting these guys down there. And and Mike, they do a really good job of taking that trip, and at least guys get to see them, but they're not seeing them all the time. Um, and you know how it is when you, you fall in love with some players when you see them a lot more than just that one showcase. Sure. So we're always fighting with that. But, you know, as, as a U.S. coming up and thinking we were the best at everything, um, you know, and telling everybody that, too, still to this day. <laughs> um, no, very undervalued. And, and Mike hit it right on the head. But, you know, with the junior national team, with what those guys do over there with Greg Hamilton and the T12 is just blown up. Um, very big-time event. And, you know, we're calling schools going, hey, I'm telling you, you have to get up to this thing. Every best player in Canada, and they don't miss anyone, is at that, at you know, they might miss some Ontario guys because they have 1,000 baseball players that are really good. But on our end, we're, we're taking the best players there. They're not missing anyone, and, and we're getting some, you know, really good contacts there, and then they're coming back to our place. Um, the one thing, you know, in our world, with hockey world up here, Mm-hmm. I'm watching as the youth guys because we run all the camps through the dogs, through all the little leagues around, which is really good. And I, I think that's one way that baseball is is starting to rise, you know, with some talent where all the local kids are starting to get some big time scholarships to some big schools. Mm-hmm. Um, the little league numbers are way up. And and like Mike said, it, wow. it could be the Blue Jays. It could be whatever it is. But numbers since I've been here went from 400 to 800 in just the local little leagues, which mm-hmm. now is big for the, the sport of baseball in Canada to me is what I've seen in just the seven years. How about
2: that, Well, you know, so, th- well, add to that. Cause you think about, you know, what you guys have done. You talked about the community service that you guys do. You and I actually talked after uh, Eric Borba's episode about his idea of, of having the teacher throw out the first pitch and that being a, a real, a real community builder in terms of bridging those two gaps. You're, you're doing a lot there. And I know Mike is, we'll, we'll get to you in a second, but you're thinking about, you know, really being the solution to baseball inside of the Okotoks, inside of Alberta, really inside of Canada. What else are you doing? You talked about the clinics. You talked about the various tournaments, bringing people to you. Open up that discussion.
1: Yeah, you know, John Arcandy, a a big-time baseball advocate. He's one of the top um, baseball people in in Canada, the most influential Mm -hmm. guys in Canada. He should be higher from what's not known of, like I said, with all the families moving in into the to the city and growing a city of okotoks um it goes beyond baseball and everything else and, and it's huge and how many guys are going to college and uh coming back and you know the the best time is december when these guys all come back all the pro guys and the college guys and they're all in the in in the building together mm-hmm. and you're realizing that all these families that have moved to okotoks you know we were at Banham national as and a kid that signed with us i said to the family i said what do you got there and they're like what are you guys doing next he said that's our u-haul i said what do you mean that's your u-haul he's like we're following you back to okotoks (laughs) picked up their whole their whole family put it in a u-haul and they're living here in okotoks to me that is you know i don't know if you can go any further than that when families are picking up in the the town and you know besides baseball um so some of the things we're doing there you know um just the whole little league thing is blowing up we're we're doing some Clinics, you know, we're trying to get you guys up here to ABCA yep. to come up and, and speak. So we're growing it, and we're having a hundred kids, hundred coaches come to our clinics um, and listen to what some of the dogs' coaches have to say. And we're trying to go nationwide with it. So, you know, bef- besides baseball, thinking of what you know these families are doing, um, there's something really cool going on here.
2: Mm. I love it. Yeah, Mike. Just so you know, we've looped you in. Uh, if we can ever do an international barnstormers weekend where we can hit Okotoks and we can also hit. Uh, Ontario. That, that's our right. plan, you know, to one day kind of cross that border and make that happen. If we can figure out the logistics, I think our governments need to start talking to see if we can get um, some type of process going. Right. Mike might yeah. know some people in the government. Yeah, we can take care of that.
0: <laughs> well, I, think, I think that'd be a great idea. And like I said, I, I think just the, the the ABCA name, even in Canada, is, is growing and it's becoming bigger and bigger. And you know, anytime we get a chance to sit on meetings or you know, do something like this. I mean, I appreciate it greatly and, and not only for OBJ, but just, you know, hopefully baseball in Ontario. And and we try to do that, uh, you know, with OBJ and the Blue Jays, um, sure. you know, our winter development programs for the younger kids um, from outside of our organization, you know, from one, two hours around the Toronto area, you know, try to bring them in one or two times a week and and allow them to train like our players train mm-hmm. so that, you know, hopefully down the road, um, whether it's with us or with someone else, you know, they have the foundation and the grassroots to, you know, pursue baseball. And I think the best part about it is Alan hit it on the head. You know, our college guys, our pro guys, um, are heavily involved when they're home, um, with our athletes now. And it's nice to see that, you know, since I've been there, we've a lot of ex-players that have kind of finished their playing careers, whether it be in college or pro ball, um, are starting to come back and give their time as coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, which means a lot to us. Um, and, and you just kind of, you see the maturation in, in not their physical, their physical teachings, but just what, how they've grown up. Uh, and they refer back to stories when they played for the Ontario blue Jays and how it helped them in college. And, and now it's kind of coming back full circle. Now they're talking to a 15 or 16 year old and, uh, you know, that's kind of a huge thing for us. Mm. Okay. Uh,
2: you know, I want to paint the picture because we're going to talk about indoor training. And, um, you know, again, this is, this is an outsider's perspective. You know, the snow melts there, you know, June 1st. It starts snowing again, July 15th. Is that about right? Like kind of, you got about <laughs> a month. Only... I'm just joking. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you guys deal with so much snow. You're actually, you're, you're part of my prayer group from like November through May. Just how can <laughs> you mentally get through? Like I call Alan. It's like, that's eh, three straight months we've been inside. And you, and you right. just, again, that that's a unique perspective of coaching baseball a game but is meant to be played outside but you know that's a scenario we're in we've got to learn how to train indoors and so Mike start this off man when you're thinking about approaching indoor training uh, what are some ways that, that you think you keep it creative uh, things that you've done on the hitting side the pitching side the defensive speed training what are some creative things you're doing that I think anybody that ha- you know has to go inside could, could really mm-hmm. learn from
0: yeah I, I mean I think you know number one as I said before I mean we're very fortunate to have the facilities uh, that we do for our indoor training, you know, with the the 53,000 square foot facility. That, you know, for me personally, I mean, I have a pitching lab that's probably bigger than a lot of teams' training facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is important. Our, our five bullpen mounds. You know, we've got, you know, four 70 foot cages, two more that were split in half. Um, you know, we have a full 60 yard uh, track that we can utilize as well as two weight rooms. So we're fortunate there. I think the biggest thing. Um, that we do is we try to simulate as much in game pace of play, speed of the game, repetitions as possible. Okay, um, You know, with our training, we, you know, we go, we go to Bureau beach in March. So we have basically the first, second week of January until the second week of March where we're strictly indoors and we're preparing for that. So, you know, we, we try to get creative with our bullpens early on in our, you know, our shoulder strength program where, you know, we're throwing to just, you know, hitters probably in our second or third bullpen. Um, you know, we're having live hitters stand in there in our fourth or fifth. And then, you know, we, we simulate a lot of uh, real-time cage games um, to prepare for that. I know a lot of teams do that uh, and a lot of teams do, but we can actually, you know, split our teams up into rosters, post a dugout card, you know, cage one, cage two, cage three, cage four. Um, you know, and at one point we've got eight pitchers throwing simulated games, um, with guys working on various situations, whether it's cage one is, you know, run our first sack bunts cage two is, is, you know, one Oh hit runs. Cage three is, you know, squeeze bunt. Could be anything that day. Um, you know, we try to just mimic game feel. Um, and then obviously we have a large enough space to you know, where when Sean, you know, gets the infielders going, um, it, it's a sight to see. Um, you know, he's one of the best. And, uh, you know, you get him sit behind that fungal man, too. And uh, you know, our infielders, uh, you know, they cover just about everything. So uh, I think the facility has a lot to do with it.
2: I gotcha. Is there anything you do that maybe if you were uh, constrained – uh, let's say you know you ran out of space, or maybe you have a lot of teams in one night. Is there anything creatively that you do that you still think accentuates maybe the, the competitive side of things or the development side, but maybe that you would do a little outside the box?
0: Uh, yeah, I think you know one thing, uh, especially with my pitchers, and, and as uh, fortunate to have a separate area. Um, you know, we blend a lot, and it, it's a lot of command stuff. But okay. we'll throw a simulated inning dry in front of a mirror. And then we'll flip around and throw a simulated inning. the same thought process, the same sequence that I've given them, you know, not even to a catcher, just to a, either a nine square or a command trainer. Okay. And it's just a matter of flipping around one side. You're looking in the mirror, you flip to the other side mound, and now you're actually executing that, uh, that situation. And you can do that at 40 feet, 30 feet, 50 feet, 60 feet, whatever you have.
2: Wow. Are they focusing on body movements? Are they focus on just the visualization part of it. What are they kind of locked into?
0: I think in the mirror, they're focusing on, you know, the visualization because they can actually see themselves. They can see their delivery. They can see, you know, where they're getting to each pitch, whether it's eight in the mirror, 10 in the mirror, 15 in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And then when we flip around, we take that mirror away. And now we just, you know, the mental uh, visualization or process or pre-pitch, you know, um, preparation. Uh, And they go right into it from there.
2: Love it. Okay, Alan, same question. We're thinking about going indoors how do you guys approach it? And again, think of, of creative ways that that maybe seem similar, you know, easy for you to come up with, but maybe for our coaches, like, wow, I never thought of that from the hitting or the pitching or defensive side of things. What would you offer?
1: Uh, yeah, same type of thing. And, and we're we're very blessed to have some pitchers that can still throw it up there at ninety. So, like what Mike said, we're we're facing live pitching, mm-hmm. and it's actually Lou Pote, you know, World Series ring with the Angels, and Joe Surgeon with the Marlins, and Big Jeff Duda. They're throwing to our guys all the time, even when the pitchers are shut down. So we're continuously facing live and video in it and, and going on our, you know, we got the the big system where we can put them on the big TV and, and go over those things. Um, the weight room is really, we start doing some different testing. You know, you're in the different phases of the weight room. Uh, Brett and Guthrie does a good job with those guys. They just started the circuit, which is six, uh, three weeks of just, dominating them <laughs> <laughs> um we got the radar goes radar gun going you know all the time when you can compete off that thing with exit speed and um for us as hitters uh but we'll also we'll, we'll step out we got our catching guys doing some really cool stuff they're in there every morning with uh procession with you know he just got his triple a AAA guy with the red sox and eth here and then val hall has got some really cool stuff with infielders always mixing it up with him um Double play series, quick box, all that cool stuff that we learned from ABCA. Um, but the, one of the cool things, and I was, I was laughing when you're saying outside the box and, and giving some young coaches a pretty cool game that we do. We, we started something called The Voice. And we get some coaches with chairs out there, and the guy will come out of the the locker room and take some swings, and we'll turn around if we like the sound of the wood coming off the bat. (laughs) That's (laughs) outstanding. And it is a blast, man. The kids can't wait. When we play in the voice, the winner will get a wood bat, you know, whatever we decide. But, man, and then they compete, and then the kid gets to pick which coach he wants, and we battle it just like you see on the voice, and it is hilarious, man. And it just kind (laughs) of breaks it up a little bit, right, instead of the normal... Seven hitting stations, but I, I, I thought that was one thing that we do that I was like, man, I, I'd like to video this and show some coaches and, and give that best practice, and let's go nationwide with it. You're,
2: man. you're missing a great tweet, Alan. Like, we've got to get – like, that has to happen tonight. That's got to be out right. on social media. <laughs> <laughs> it's outstanding. That's, and, again, I, I know sometimes you guys are, are – it's only so much video review you can do. Um, so yeah. I know you guys are forced into some into some holes where you got to do some unique things. Now, I know both of you, and I know how you're engineered when you think about individual player development. And I know you, you take each guy very serious in terms of how can you affect this player, uh, move them forward, teach him what you can before you send them out into the world. And, and and that really is at its core why you guys are doing what you do. Alan, start that off when you're thinking about the individual player inside the Dogs program. How are we tracking his progress? What's kind of the the conversation between the player, the family at 14 and then how yeah. are we tracking that until he, he leaves the Academy?
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. We're just now into the fall just ended for us. We actually had some sun, we had some snow and then the sun came out for some reason for two weeks. So <laughs> we got to get back out there and gear it back up. But now, you know, as we're getting into it, we now we're having our individual meetings this week. We got a week full of that. Um, they're, uh, sitting down with the coaches in that uncomfortable chair with by the, with them and five other coaches and, and explaining how they did, mm-hmm. you know, what's their goals. Um, and most of them, I want to gain 15 pounds. You know, that's their answer. <laughs> well, well, that's great. And it's not going to happen, son, but yeah. how are we going to do this? You know, mm-hmm. what's the plan? Um, you know, and they're coming in with the schools they want to go to and we're, we're crossing some off, you know, you got to be honest with these kids and we're crossing some off right away. And, um, and then, and then what we're doing is we're going in, and then they'll pick those schools, and we'll we'll narrow them down, and then we'll bring the parent in. Um, we're doing the ACT testing. Val Heldobler and, and Tyler Hollick take them up to the to the uh, schools there, the high school, and they do a six week course. You know, okay. we do that as part of our program, and so we're individually talking to them about you know getting this done, getting in the NC, you know, the clearinghouse, and getting all that stuff signed up. Because you'd be amazed. Um, as Canadian schools, they don't, uh, have the have ACT SAT, because to go to a Canadian school, you don't need it. Mm. That was one of the big things that Val and, 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 got going and really important for that individual growth there, mm-hmm. uh, outside of baseball. Um, and then baseball part, you know, they're, they're competing in a, an environment and I'm sure Mike's dealing with the same thing. The environment creates these players. Uh, you know, sometime we had a, a kid named Alejo Lopez that showed up from Mexico And we were teaching ground balls. And finally, we just said, hey, do what he does, man, that guy. And now we've had some shortstops come through that are fielding like (laughs) Alejo Lopez. And, and, you know, sometimes we step back and and let the individual be an individual. Mm. Uh, You know, sometimes we as coaches, we want to especially indoors. You know, you get that academy kid that's a cage hitter and um, you have to create that individuality. and and we do, we're not, you know, we're not creating robots, which is easily done in an academy sometimes. And, um, the individual growth is very well, and they're very knowledgeable about how to talk to colleges. And, um, we talk about stuff like that and just some of that stuff that, you know, that we didn't get maybe growing up and, you know, we're able to teach that. And there's so many different coaches that are in our program that can, that have done different ways and had different trips to get there. And a lot of individual talks with the guys and, you know, we we try to get in, you know, try to get involved in what they're doing at school and the school calls. And Tyler Hollick does a really good job of the school calling every day when they're missing classes and what they need and tutors and and so it's becoming a, a big time college type atmosphere. Sure. Um with getting involved with the families too, like you said. And, and they're involved in it as much they have to be, right? Because yep. you know, and it used to be when I was a younger coach. Man, I'd be like, keep those parents out, keep them out. And we still kind of keep them out of the building. They want to be in there. And the only reason is the kids don't want them in there. She's yeah, I understand. Those kids <laughs> don't want their parents in there. It's embarrassing. And, and, you know, like the Cole Sturgeon story when I used to call his mom down out from right field. I, Cole, your mom's looking for you. And he's like, man, come on. <laughs> um, and, then, you know, that's funny. And but at some point they have to be involved and they have to know, you know, so we do some kind of talks with with the placement and all that stuff. Um So you're really and you got 120 kids coming through and it's hard to get an individual, but we got enough coaches that we spread it out and uh, just trying to figure out what's going on with them. You know, it's tough as a high school kid, all the things they deal with and they're at school from they're in they're in the building at seven. Then they go to school all day and then they're coming into practice and and we're ready to go. And, they're you know, they've had a long day. So, you know, just figuring out what's wrong with them or, you know, what's good with them, actually. (laughs)
2: Well, that's, so, exact, that's exactly why I asked it, because I know this is, from both girls' perspectives, it's a holistic, it's all-encompassing in terms of how you're entrenching yourself in their life. Now, you, you being a hitting guy, and I'm, Mike, I'm going to ask you the same thing from the pitching angle, but from the hitting perspective, Alan, how are you maybe taking a, let's say, just a 14-year-old kid, good swinger, how are you really working that kid through the course of his maturation in terms of when he's ready to leave at 18? How did he get to be a ready-to-hit in-college player?
1: Yeah, I think for us, and I'm going to talk about it. You know, this year at the youth breakout, thank you for that. And yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about the mechanics. I think a lot of the mechanics that we're doing are fixing swings, um, without having to say too much. Man, just letting them fail a lot, um, and competing on that exit velocity and competing against. You know, we we let our 14, 12 year olds hit with Caesar Valero, who's going to be a first rounder, we think, or top 10, whatever the however the draft goes. I have no idea, but um, and Mike knows of Caesar. He's big time player, and he works. He hits with these young kids. So a lot of the mechanics and a lot of the drills and then, you know, just talking to him. And then as they get older, um, you know, we've got some guys that just left pro ball and that's when we start talking about, you know, cutting the plate in half and mentality and Jordan Percession, who just got released or I think he's released from the Red Sox. Um, he's able to talk to these players about, okay, this is what we're looking for as I wasn't able to do that. And it's been 300 years since I've, you know, swung a bat, Um, but I think we do a good job of mixing that up a little bit. Um, for the 14 year old kid, we're doing the same thing as we would with a college guy. Um, and then when those college guys are coming back and they're hitting with those guys and, and they do a lot of it, man, they, 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 they're out there swinging with guys and making adjustments and, um, and we make them do a lot of research on their own too and come back with something, you know, what do you got? What feels good? You know, there might be one kid that has an open stance. There might be one kid that likes the toe tap, um, so we're letting that fourteen-year-old be an individual, um, you know, and fail a lot and, and see what he likes. And I think with the measurements that are coming out, all these new equipment. And you know, me, I'm throw the ball, hit the ball, but I've got to learn some of this stuff. We were listening to Tewksbury talk the other night. He was in Calgary, and by the way, I'm trying to lock him down for ABCA. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and uh, but he was he was talking about all these um, new equipment and the rap sody and all these things and and we we do some of that stuff and they need to learn it but at the same time we're out there swinging and we take a lot of swings in the academy yeah. you know because we're indoors so much and like mike said we're trying to make that game like as much as we can too as we get closer to going outside but yeah just developing them and, and letting them fail and being an individual and letting them have their you know before and after swing whatever they want to do and and not being so robotic and but I think it's working. You know, guys are doing well. They're going down to the colleges. You know, like Mike said, some of his college players, and they're not only going down there to play. They're we're hitting three hole for Indiana. You know, yeah. when when that happens, we you know it's that same thing. We think we're doing things right. Mm.
2: I, I got to follow up one more time because you you, you kind of opened a door there for me to to walk through. Um, you know, having the individuality at fourteen is that different? Because again, we go back to who you were when I knew you in in two thousand and three. But even before that, as a younger coach, is that something that you've really matured in in terms of understanding the individual inside of each player? Or has that always kind of been there?
1: No, I think I think you mature, of course, as everything in coaching. And, and I'm no, you know, we talked about old school and, and I always said old school. That means you're no school. You ain't learning. Yeah. And there's a, it's evolving. The game is evolving. And I think uh, one of the was it the Astros guy said, you know, if
2: you're still teaching you're hitting the up. same way you did five yeah. years ago. You haven't changed. Exactly,
1: yeah. and and I want to continue to try things, and I think yeah, I've, I've evolved that. We're just still doing the same drills, those sheets that you did, and yeah. you know, and I actually saw Jim Tomey the other night doing those same drills. It was kind of cool. <laughs> the The hands drills, the the mound, the indoor mound. We used the tire yeah. right because we didn't yeah. have the indoor mound, yeah. but you know, we were a little ghetto, but that's okay. <laughs> blue collar, <laughs> but, blue collars, yeah, what we call color. it. We'll call yeah. it Blue <laughs> um, you know, and, and we continue to learn. And I think with the help of these young kids that are just, you know, they're coaching with Tyler Holick and, and procession and these guys that just finished, I think that's really a part of mine that I have changed with talking about mentality and talking about pitch selection and, mm. and those things. Cause I'm, you know me, I'm ambush. Let's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's try to hit the ball over the fence. Every single time we see it, we strike out, we strike out, but they've been able to to step back a little bit. And, you know, when they're starting to face these, these older older pitchers and the guys that throw 95, and and they're doing really well. So, hmm. I love yeah. It.
2: Thanks for opening that up. Mike, a lot to get to on this one, but we're going to go to all of it. Um, individual player development. How are you monitoring the progress of your guys once they enter your program? How are we really tracking them, uh, maybe across every front, throughout the, the course of their time as a Blue Jay?
0: Sure. I, I mean, I think, you know, the processes are, you know, it's, it's, we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, Alan touched on it with our guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's developing relationships and trusts with the families. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for us, when a player comes in at 14 and 15, um, you know, w- we take them through the college process, you know, on what they need to be doing, because the recruiting aspect is, to me, gotten a little crazy with how early, you know, a lot of the schools are, are on players. So, you know, educating them, um, just with the off field things. And again, I said, relationships, it's, it's, it's getting to know our players when they're young. And I know sometimes, you know, I'm the guy with the loud voice in the facility and, you know, I'm the guy that, you know, is mad scientist. that's over there with the pitchers and some of the younger kids look at me like this guy's nuts, you know, um, that's a compliment. You know, it is. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I get, yeah. They look at me and then I bring them in, you know, and, and they're very quiet, but I, I think it's, it's just that, um, relationship building aspect that, you know, I think we've been fortunate, um, with the coaches that we have in our program, they've all been at some level of baseball, whether it's college or pro. So, um, you know, the kids are constantly communicating and, and getting feedback um, from the off field stuff. And then, you know, with our on field development and, and how we track it I and mean, it's similar, we, the best thing I think, and I agree with Alan, we did it last year. I did it last year with the uh, the pitchers, especially Is we combined, you know, whether it's 14, 15, 16, 17, or 18, Um, My pitchers are together Monday, Wednesday, Saturdays for, you know, three, three and a half hours where, you know, they they run the gamut um, of their, um, you know, their their prehab stuff, their activation, their stretching, uh, our throwing program, you know, our mound work, our our sim work, uh, our bullpens uh, into our weightlifting conditioning. Uh, And before it was always the 18 and unders work together, 17, 16s and 15s. And, you know, Alan's probably been doing it longer than I have with this, but we meshed the groups together and it was probably the best thing that I've seen within my coaching career mm. for the development of not only the 14 and 15s, but the 18s were so engaged and so focused. And maybe because we had a very good group last year with our 18s, yeah. but they, I could see them taking the time to get to, to know the 14s and 15s and to help them out. And then by the end of the winter, the funny thing was, you know, the 15 to 16 year old kids are comfortable enough that, you know, they're chirping and having fun, you know, yeah. with the 18 year old guys as well. And I was like, okay, this is a good thing, right? <laughs> yes. Here. You know, th- this is really, we're starting to build some stuff here. And, you know, when we do our, you know, like our competitions with our pitching staff, we'll have some stuff that, you know, I've talked to other pitching coaches where, you know, just some physical nights and, you know, a couple of them called military nights um, and stuff where we just compete against each other in different things like tug of war or, you know, med ball carry, med ball throw, carry the tire. And, uh, you know, when you see the younger kids pushing the older kids and vice versa, uh, it, it builds a lot of uh, competition. And that's one thing our program is known for is the, the inner competition between our players. Oh, that's so good. Uh, that's awesome.
2: What about you in particular? What about you maybe as a, as a pitching director as a pitching coach how have you really morphed inside this space in terms of how you see things now how you see development how you see competition you know all the various aspects you're touching on compared to when you maybe first got into coaching
0: yeah it's it's it definitely coming over the Blue Jays and the number of players we have and the number of talented players we have um, you know we run 50 to 55 pitchers through a three, four hour window on those Monday, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I tell my pitching coaches that I work with, I said, guys, it's controlled chaos. Yeah. You know, we've got guys moving around. And, and it. you know, that's one thing I take a little pride in is, is the structure and, and, and the pitchers, you know, they know I'm anal about that. Mm. Um, and you can just see it, you know, the first thing they do, it's, you know, they go right to the board. What do we got today? <laughs> you know, and then it's just kind of there with me. I, I, Again, my pitchers laugh at me because we track every pitch they throw, you know, from location to velocity to video. Um, and, and that's kind of the progression that we see. I still have pitching charts from my first year here with the uh, Ontario Blue Jays from the fall, you know, when I just came in. I, I don't know if it's just I'm a hoarder, sheetsy, um, but – but that's I actually why we that. brought you on the call this is a this is an intervention more than anything <laughs> sure. but i keep all that and but then from a 15 16 year old you know we can track his progress through all the winters and summers and and adjust his training program because although we kind of train the same way everybody is individual and we adjust their programs due to their strength due to where they are in their development um you know due to what you know we feel is the best bet talking to our strength coaches or our our medical people that you know, have looked at them and assessed them, and um, it's just one way. I know it's paper, um, but it's one way we can go back and say, "Hey, last March you were here. You know, three months you were here. Now we've kind of had a decline. You know, what did we change in your training program? Um, and and maybe we need to go back to this. So uh, gotcha. that's how I do it. It might be a little boring. Um, you know, <laughs> it, might, it might be that, but it but it definitely gives me the data that I need to uh, you know hopefully progress all these guys through to the next level especially the pitchers
2: gosh okay I want to give both of you guys the opportunity to talk about the player experience because it is again I think sometimes in the states we take things for granted in terms of how we get to different tournaments and uh, the places we get to go see and you guys absorbing so much travel costs and and time away from family to really give these kids a first class just upper level experience Mike, start us off with the player experience that you get as a Blue Jay, okay? The traveling that you do throughout the summer, the fall, states that you've covered. You mentioned some of it earlier, but open up the, the entire conversation on that.
0: Uh, you know, I think it's, it's you know, and like I said, Al and I are going to talk about this, and, and you know, I'm open to everybody to help them do it. I, I think, I mean, our fall program is is kind of second to none, and it's, it's great, and it makes us feel good when we go to – to the States and the U S tournaments. And people ask, well, how do you do that? You know, that's such a great thing. And all that, I said, well, one, it's because we're international and we can do that, um, mm-hmm. play the division one schools. Uh, but I think when I get to elaborate on it and, you know, talk about, you know, this year, for example, you know, we played Iowa, TCU, Creighton, uh, UVA, Georgetown, uh, Davidson, Wake Forest, we are rained out at Wake, uh, but UNC Charlotte, High Point, you know, Florida State, and Florida Atlantic, to go along with a bunch of other top twenty-five junior colleges. A lot of people say, "Oh, what great exposure for your kids!" And I, it is. Don't get me wrong; you know, it's fantastic, but it allows all of our players. You know, we travel forty guys in the fall uh, because we play so many innings. It allows them to see what those players look like at the next level. You know, I encourage our guys, you're a third baseman, watch the third baseman. Are you him? Can you be him? Um, But for me, and, you know, I tell the players all the time, it's, you know, one or two or three of our guys right now might be able to play at Florida State. But when you can compete at that level, when we go into Jupiter uh, or we go into a summer tournament, a perfect game, and we go back to competing against their peers that are 16, 17, and 18, there's no surprise there's no surprise. And if you, if you stick your nose in it, the way you did at Florida state and you know, all the big schools, well, then you're going to make yourself look very good. You know, the team's going to have a lot of successes. Um, so for me, the fall trips about that, it's also about maturing quickly because we do take our guys out of school. Uh, this year they missed 15 school days, but, uh, we do do two to three hours of study hall a day, whether it's on the bus or in the hotel. Uh, You know, I'm fortunate uh, one of my coaches, Eddie Largie, great young hitting guy um, is also going to be a teacher. So he handles that. The kids are required to get information from their instructors, tracking sheets, uh, stuff to be done when they're gone. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, we've had one, you know, one issue my four years that, you know, if they're not cutting it, they may not make the next trip. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, again, getting back to that college atmosphere and, and being balanced both on the academic and uh, baseball side is huge for the fall. Uh, and that just goes into our, our summer travel and our, you know, our spring trip. We go to Vero Beach in March to break up the winter for eight days, gets us outside, yeah. um, you know, play anywhere from 10 to 12 games, uh, gives the coaching staff and the players an evaluation period of how the winter's gone um you know like alan said we get back you know third week of march well we're still inside for another month maybe uh, you know so we have some things to uh you know some time to adjust and it gives our players time to see through the travel and uh you know our summer schedule you know it really varies um you know our 16s they go on the road a lot they're sometimes around the road for 25 28 days in a row between atlanta and he excuse me houston Um, this year we finished in Baton Rouge, uh, with the Marucci world series. Um, and then, you know, our 17s, same deal, you know, we're in Atlanta, we're in Cincinnati. Um, so the greatest thing is when we travel, the kids, we travel as a team. So the parents don't have to drive to Cincinnati, drive to Atlanta, do whatever. When we go away, they get on the bus and, uh, you know, our coaching staff is responsible for them for the week, 10 days, 14 days, 20 days, whatever it is. So uh, that's why I think not only do they grow on the field, they grow off the field as well.
2: That's right. Oh my gosh. Alan, open that up as well. Again, you think about the player experience. If you're part of the dogs Academy, talk us through that. What do you guys do in the summer? We do, do in the fall. How many States do you get into open that up?
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, in the seven years I've been here and the, the 10 years or before or whatever that John or candy used to take these guys down all over the place and, and go to the different States. And, um, now, like I said, we've been talking to Mike, we want to do this fall trip. We don't do much in the fall. We, we, uh, and wait it to the summer. Um, you know, with school and everything, like I said, we take a tutor when we do go in the fall. Uh, we try to do even Josh McKinnis and our 13 year old team, they all travel in the summer and, and it's summer ended you know, we don't get outside until April, and it's still a little cold then. So um, by the time the fall is, we're, we're going to be going full strength, like I'm sure all the programs up here are doing. Um, so we're trying to shut it down just a little bit, and, and guys are going two innings and, and one mm-hmm. inning here and there to try to break that down and get, get these guys because they've had a full, full go at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, we, we try to mix it up every year and go to different parts of the country. Um, since I've been here we went to West Coast and then we've went to Arizona. We've been to all the way to Indianapolis um, That way to Florida with some of the teams, you know, we, we got to hit your out your way here That's the last <laughs> one we have since I've been here yep. So we're trying to it, it's really cool for these guys to get out Like you said and, and with our band with our younger guys They don't we don't do the travel with them just because the parents are going anyways um, and we like them to have that experience and hang out with them a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're we're traveling and we're trying to to get on that travel stage that uh, the Ontario Blue Jays are on. So, Mike, if you can get us into that Marucci World Series,
2: we'd love to join you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that's well, another yeah. reason
2: we got on this call now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know they're they're not letting us into the big ones like you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, even when they're 13 in our program, they're, they're going to some big tournaments in Atlanta and, and, you know, they're traveling around and, and, and like Mike said, you get to see what the competition's like, you know, for, for these guys, cause you know, they don't, for one, they, for a while there, they didn't think they were as good as the Americans. And then you go down there and they're, uh, they're, they're holding their own, mm-hmm. you know, and, and except for when we were 15, we took the 15 down to Atlanta and, Kum, you know, Kumar Rockers on there throwing 95 or whatever he was, that was a little eye opening. Mm-hmm. For some of the kids that thought they were really good.
2: <laughs> sure. get but, Humbled quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like Mike said, you know, you're getting to see. And that's why we want to kind of do that college route, too. Um, they're bigger, stronger, faster. Um, but at the same time, you know, we uh, think we can compete with those guys.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A broad question here. And I know it is. And I put this on here. And and I know I'm, I'm asking all both of you guys to look into your crystal ball and, and really give me what you think. But – when you think about the future of your team in terms of where you're going and you're alluding to some of this, but where you want to grow Allen Okotoks, the Dogs Academy, where you guys in terms of that staff want to take this program. And then also open up maybe what's the future hold for Canada baseball? in terms of how, how Baseball Canada is really growing? What would you offer on those?
1: We're, we talk sometimes. IMG is a big-time program, and, and we want to kind of grow and be international. And like I said, with all these kids coming from different countries, we're starting that route. Um, we want kids to come from all over the place and see what we have to offer in Okotoks. And it's hard to get when we got some kids from Mexico City coming to Okotoks, and, and it's funny watching them walk around in their parkas <laughs> sure. and, and leaving their helmets on when they're playing the field because they're so cold. <laughs> but it's a really unique situation. And and for my kids alone, you know, Kobe and Peyton got to come to Canada and go to school, um, in a different country where I, have you know, I got to go around a couple States and, um, growing up, but some guys never left Kentucky. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really unique situation. And that's what we're trying to go. We're trying to go nationwide and, and, and be as big as IMG and, and try to keep that going. And with the college program that we have, we're able to get kids from all over the, the country as well in North America. And um, so we're trying to grow that way. And then we're just trying to, you know, try to get some draft picks and, and get into these Division One schools and trying to get them to see our guys. Because w- when they're going to the JUCO route, and most of our guys go junior college um, because they just don't, like Mike said, they're just not seen and they're, they're underrated a little bit but which is fine because then you go two years and, and Mike will tell you our guys are 17 years old when they're graduating. Mm-hmm. You know, I had wow. some 19 year olds in Kentucky graduating wow. and we're competing against the the same kids. Um, So we're trying to grow it that way uh, and just try to compete and get better and better every year. I think every year we're like, Oh man, this had a really good group go through. What are we going to do now? And then all of a sudden we're better than we were the year before. Hmm. Um, We had, you know, three Oregon state commits, which is, huge for a high school program and two at Washington. And it's, I mean, that's unheard of. It, it reminds me of the days when I was a Catholic and we had, you know, four, four or five Louisville commits and, um, really unique in Okotoks, Alberta. And, and when Justin King, who's actually from Okotoks, a little small town is playing at Alabama down there for Bohannon. That's, I mean, that's, I don't know, you know, the major league part of it, like where Mike's at now, that's our next thing. We want, yeah. we want some more draft picks in there and, um And the same thing with our coaches, you know, we're growing coaches and they're going down and getting jobs. And so it's, it's really cool thing that's going on here and we're just going to continue to try to grow that way. Hmm.
2: What about across the country? How, how do you, how have you seen, you got a really unique perspective being in, being in Canada for a while now, how have you seen it grow? Where do where do you see it maybe continuing to grow?
1: Yeah. Baseball. You're talking about baseball in yeah. specific, right? Yeah, man. It's when we go to this T12 um, event that Robbie Alomar puts on, it's, unbelievable the baseball talent that's you know british columbia's got five guys out there throwing 90 plus and, and ontario blue jays and the other programs in that that area are just pumping out kids and and you know being from both sides of the border there um they, i'll put them up against anybody they got down there and it's crazy and i think it's like mike said it's from all the academies popping up and the, co- and the coaches that are that know what it takes to get to that level um and and that's the main part of it i think and and kids actually seeing that man i got a chance with this and you wouldn't believe how many kids are quitting hockey playing baseball year round it's unbelievable wow so and that's you know we're trying to keep them multi-sport as much as we can but the the vision that they see and they see these kids going down there and playing at these big schools and getting drafted and now there's you know wow okay i don't have to play hockey and grind that out and you know, I can play baseball in Okotoks, Alberta and Canada. Okay. And, you know, as when I first came up, I was like, oh yeah, I'm the big wig. I'm American. Yeah, <laughs> You know, <laughs> watch out here, move, over, move out of the way, let the American <laughs> teach you how to play baseball. But they're really good at baseball and it's growing um, around the whole country. Even the small, you know, Newfoundland, uh, one of our small provinces up here, you know, we've had a couple of kids from Newfoundland come out and They're starting on their college teams and, you know, maybe they'll have a draft pick. I think they've had one in in the history of, you know, but maybe we'll have a couple more. So that's that's the unique part of that when the small provinces actually have baseball and they're competing at the at the higher level now.
2: Wow. So here I'm going to raise my glass. Here's to uh, making baseball Canada's national pastime. (laughs) Okay, we're, we're going to take <laughs> yeah. over hockey. We're, we're going to hold this position. That's what we're working on. Uh, no, we love hockey guys. Obviously, we know how uh, a lot of hockey guys may or, can come over to baseball and they bring a level of toughness. They bring a, a work ethic that's that's really impressive. Mike, same question, man. The future of the Ontario Blue Jays, how do you see it? But then also baseball in Canada. What, what do you see from there?
0: You know, the future of the Blue Jays, uh, <laughs> you talk about it being a tough question or no crystal ball. Yeah. Um, you know, number one, you know, coming over here and, and the history of the program and, and the success we've had, uh, you know, is maintaining that and growing it, um, and, you know, and I think the the people above me, um, you know, Sean and and some of the other people that, uh, you know, help run our program, you know, I think we want to become complete, you know, where we look to add the education aspect to it. Um, you know, as Alan was saying with, the, you know, the school part, uh, you know, our players, you know, they scatter around there from different schools, but if we can centralize something, I think that would be a great thing. Um, you know, for us, um, just continue to, you know, give families and players the the opportunity and all the information they need to, um, you know, to continue to pursue their goal of becoming a student athlete, uh, you know, in the United States. We talked a lot about our fortunes, about, you know, our pro guys and draft picks, but, you know, our number one goal or my number one goal is to, you know, see see a kid in our program have that experience, you know, because I tell them all the time, playing college baseball is just that. It's an experience. You know, they're going to get so much more out of it. And, you know, hopefully we can enhance that experience for them um, while they come out of the Blue Jays and, uh, mm-hmm. and move on to whatever level of college baseball that is. Uh, the Canadian development thing. Yeah. You know, Alan hit it for me. I know Alan you know, him and I have kicked it around. Mm-hmm. I would love to see more cross province events in the summer for, for the academies. Okay. Um, uh, you know, whether, you know, I don't, nothing against the Canada cup or T12, but, you know, I would love to, we talked about it, play Okotoks in a three out of five or play Langley in a three out of five, or, you know, have Langley blaze from BC Okotoks, um, you know, Off the top of my head, I'm forgetting some in the middle of the country, ABC ourselves, you know, the Great Lakes Canadians who are in our uh, league back home, you know, have a neutral site uh, experience where, you know, some of the best players uh, can get together for three or four days, again, on top of T12 and the Canada Cup or, you know, the other Baseball Canada events and uh, give these guys one more chance to, you know, maybe we draw some more U.S. schools up. Um, you know, maybe some more U S, uh, pro scouts, um, just try to try to get together and do some more high profile events like that.
2: That's so sure.
0: good. Count us in, count us in Mike. So that, I think, I, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, when the guys get together at T12 and, you know, from each province, everybody's there for the right reason. The main guys, the mainstay guys are always there. Um, so I, I think now it's just, uh, it's just putting the wheels in motion. Cause I, I think a lot of great things are going to happen in Canadian baseball. Mm,
2: love it. All right, guys, last question I got for you. And Mike, I want you to start this one. When you think about, from a coaching perspective, the best advice you've been given, maybe at your core, this is the inside mantra that, that you continue to chant each day. What's the best advice you've been given? And then what other advice do you have for coaches? Anybody paying attention to this? What would you offer them?
0: Uh, you know, I think probably the best advice was, was a simple saying. I was told be silent in preparation. So your results are loud. I was fortunate enough to grow up playing and there's a gentleman named Jim Ridley uh, who scouted for the Blue Jays and the Twins and uh, passed away uh, a little while ago. But, uh, you know, when he scouted, I was coaching and I was an associate scout for him just for a year uh, before he passed away. But he just said, you know, be your own person, form your own thoughts, you know, teach your players what you think is the right way um, if the results are there. Uh, and you know, it's the old saying, he told me to stay humble and, you know, I, I try to be as humble as possible, but he said, you know, silent preparation. So your results are loud. Always stuck with me. Um, you know, and I think that's a saying I tell myself to this day, um, you know, so I can make my players better. And then young coaches and, and even guys in our organization, we have some young guys and, um, you know, I always tell them, don't expect your players to do something if you're not willing to do it also uh you know that's a big thing for me to maybe cliche um you know i was you know work harder than what you ask them to do is something else that we live by and um you know a running joke is you know when we play at home it's just me my wife gets on me and all that i like getting to the ballpark early and the running joke is i'm gonna beat steve to the yard one day and i'm like i hope you, i hope you do yeah. and it's not because i want to be the first one there it's just because I like being there. I like getting things done. That's part of me. That's part of my preparation, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, I tell my coaches that in the fall, I said, you know, this fall trip's not a grind if you love it. Yeah. Um, and the guys that, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to experience the fall trip with me, you know, being on the road for 25, 26 days um, you know, they understand that. So, you know, those, those are kind of things, I guess, you know, for young coaches, it's, it's just, you know, don't expect your players to do something you wouldn't do.
2: Love every bit of that, Alan. Same question, man. Best advice you've been given, and then what other advice do you have?
1: Yeah, best advice ever given, and, and a quote from my college coach, Denny Potts, said, "If everyone does a little, no one has to do a lot." Yeah, you know. And and with our staff, man, I love going to work every day. Um, besides my family, it's the it's the best thing that happened to me. Um, I, I wake up in the morning. I can't wait to get there to see what's going on. And we all do a little you know, and, and no one has to do a lot and, and John Arcandia has put together a pretty good staff and we've been together for, you know, the last four years, everyone being the same. And, um, I, that one means a lot to me coming from Denny and I didn't get it, of course, as a player, I just thought the guy was nuts, but <laughs> it, it goes a long ways, man. And, and it's in everything, you know, it's in your families, it's in, you know, with your kids, your wives. And, uh, if we're all in it together, man, we're trying to get that prize at the end. Um, but if we all share that, share in it, well, you know, everything's gonna be fine um but yeah working there just going in every day and and having a blast with the guys that's you know that it, it makes me tick every day mm. um but yeah that's you know for me that's the number one advice given to me um and for the other guys just get the abca man you don't have to learn <laughs> at all and and for my own advice you know trying to figure out this skype thing and this i need to get better you know <laughs> i need
2: to <laughs> as, as you will agree chief that's really why we're on the calls <laughs> Make you know, sure you can use Skype.
1: <laughs> I mean, come on, man! I got to figure this out. And you said Mike Martin knows how to do it, and that yep. that made me go, okay. And you know, she's <laughs> you're always pushing me, yep. just like my my boss. You're always pushing me, man. And so I'm going to try to get better at that and get rid of this iPhone four and get an iPhone
2: five. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, even though Martin we're on ten, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I'm with you. Don't 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 bite off too much, man. Like do it yeah. incrementally. Eat an elephant okay. one bite at a time.
1: Right, right. And I hate and I guess I'll use that other quote if it. Ain't broke, don't fix it cuz that the iPhone 4 is still rocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Shoot.
2: laughs> oh. Well, uh, let, let me just tell you on, on behalf of the National Office gentlemen, we love what you're doing inside your academies. I think you guys have been uh, absolute staples of our convention, of our membership and and we know like both of you mentioned you're really preaching the great word up there and and trying to rally some more troops, get those guys you know, save a little bit of money so you can cross the border and come spend some time with us because once you get on site there's nothing else like it and and we just again we appreciate what you guys are doing thanks for jumping on the podcast with this last thing i'll offer is or maybe a, a request would be that um you each invest in some dry ice let's put some <laughs> poutine in a box oh yeah and i need you to send <laughs> that and i'll try out i'll see who's his best from the west to the east coast we'll see who's best um if you guys can take care of that but now, we, we, we appreciate you guys jumping on the call with us, spending some time, really breaking it down. We've been talking with Alan Cox from the Okotoks Dogs Academy in Alberta, Canada, and Mike Steed from the Ontario Blue Jays outside of Toronto. Gentlemen, thanks for jumping on the call. We wish you the best of luck. Thanks, thanks of Sheets.
1: Brother. Yeah, thanks, ABCA, and thanks, Sheets.
2: Coaches, thanks for checking out our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast and another one of our Dugout Chatter episodes Here at the American Baseball Coaches Association, our job is to serve coaches around the world. So let us know how we can help you out. Head over to our website, abca.org, if you're looking for more information about our coaching fraternity. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at abca1945. If you want to reach out to me directly, do that through Twitter, at CoachSheets3, or by email, Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org. We'd love to hear from our loyal members, We'd like to hear from some new members and continue to find ways to work together at growing the game of baseball. Huge thanks to the sponsor of our Dugout Cheddar Shows, our great partners over at Rawlings. If you're looking for more information about what they're doing for baseball and this coaching fraternity, head over to their website, Rawlings.com. That's R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And thanks again, guys, for your support. As always, thanks for listening in and staying dialed into our Calls on the Clubhouse podcast. Until next week, we ask you keep growing, you keep developing, you keep challenging yourself inside this game. We wish you and your club the very best, and thank you for what you're doing for the game of baseball.